<laughs> We've been crewing, man. Hey, you, you know, well, how long has it been since our last episode? Uh, we did something. I guess we did after the national. Did we do something after the national championship game? I can't remember, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's oh, been, it. It's. I it's think we good. did. I mean, we we've done two, and one of them was basically right after the Sugar Bowl. That's right. And then another one I think was after the national championship because there was so much. Every time we did a an, an episode, we, we we would put it out on like Monday or Tuesday, and then big time news would hit on Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> Every because time. we we missed the the from news by a day or two, and uh, along with that, the Cade Mays news, uh, which we ended up covering afterwards, just a lot of different stuff. And then uh, this past time, the last episode we sent out, I guess was uh, middle of January, I think, and. It was right before the Munkin news came out, which we'll get into here in a little bit. So uh, we've been jumping the gun a little bit, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, Something we didn't talk about beforehand. Uh, Congrats to our very old Miko Hardman on uh, getting the Super Bowl ring. Another dog dog with with taking the the big one home, taking the Lombardi trophy home. Did you happen to see, I mean... The Chiefs had everything like it was like the anti-Patriots Super Bowl week because they had so many different things that they were doing. Patrick Mahomes flew his like hairstylist. I don't know what else. His it wasn't his barber because the barber doesn't do this kind of stuff. His hairstylist to Miami to do his hair before the game. Miko walks in. Well, I was going to say whoever is doing Patrick Mahomes' hair gets paid entirely too much. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Because he probably could just wake up in the morning and it looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did, so that was uh, news to me. Uh, but yeah, yes, yeah, he f- flew a guy in. There was guys that were like doing all all kinds of different stuff where they were like bringing attention to the team. But uh, the reason I thought about that is because Miko walked into the stadium on the day of the Super Bowl with a full flight suit on, <laughs> including the helmet. It was awesome, but I was just like, "Damn, dude, don't do that. <laughs> just get down to business." I was like, "Hey, he was ready for uh, Top Gun Two, uh, the Legend yeah. of Maverick, or whatever it's called." I was and about to say he blew it, man. He should have gotten sponsored. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. And uh, but yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, "That's awesome!" But this is Super Bowl day. I was kind of in yeah. the same same mode, but uh, he brought it home. Uh, he he played well, uh, but. Uh, eventually but it was a fun Super Bowl to watch it took a minute but uh, eventually was but had to make sure we threw out some some dabs to our, to our boy going out who left and early I, and went and got him a got him a Super Bowl I think he uh what did he have like maybe two or three catches in the game something like that he had that little end round that didn't exactly work as planned I was hoping that it would be one of those things where Miko was the was like the James White of this game, where he just kind of came out of nowhere and ended up having like two or so touchdowns, something like that. But uh, not so much. This was the uh, it was the Mahomes, uh, Kelsey, Tyreek show, as a lot of people pinned it to be. And uh, so anyway, I was I was excited. You know, anytime you have a little bit of money on the Chiefs, you know, and they win the game, you know, it is what it is. Yes, it is, dude. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's see. So, uh, but the big sign or the big news was signing day was last week. So, uh, we finally finished up our class, and it's it's so weird now. National signing day used to be such a big deal, and it was 
it was kind of like a it's kind of like a holiday <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was kind of yeah. like a, uh it it just there was so much hype going into it but now with early signing day uh, a lot of guys uh enrolling early and things of that nature you just don't it just doesn't have the same flair i mean most of our class was filled up i mean we had some guys some guys signed late some guys that we had to make sure that we signed but really it was uh it was almost kind of business as usual uh, it's it's just changed so much in a couple of years since early signing day has been a thing. Uh, it's really changed changed the game uh, in in terms of how we go and get get recruits. It really has, and I'm I mean we were talking about it the other day. Like I miss it being where it's you know a lot of fun. You go, you know, heck, a lot of people used to take the day off and would go to like Blind Pig or somewhere else to watch the broadcast and watch some of the live commitments and then, you know, drink beer, eat fried chicken and, you know, do their thing. Um, it's definitely less of a party than it used to be. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, I, you know, just kind of checked throughout. I watched a couple commitment videos just to make sure. I watched the, the Broderick Jones, which was the most important one, and then uh, Cedric Van Pran uh, a little bit later in the day. And... Um, I had a feeling that both of them didn't have anything, didn't have any reason to worry, and uh, sure enough, that was the case. The dogs just—it was just, you know, gone are the days, in my opinion, of us sweating out. Either, I mean, we're going to be sweating out like, basically, on signing day, we're going to be sweating out like high four-star and five-star players. That's all, and then, and that even then, a lot of times, like a guy like Broderick Jones. You know, we've pretty much known from for a long time now that he was probably going to be a dog. Um, but, you know, gone on the days where we're like, okay, we got a position of need. we got three or four-star guys uh, that we're like, okay, we need these guys. Let's see what's going to happen. And they ended up, you know, end up committing to Alabama, end up co- committing to, you know, South Carolina or wherever, you know. Um, it's just, it's nice it's we're 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 uh, very fortunate, but we're also just like very spoiled <laughs> at this point. Uh, whenever you have the number one class for well, by rival standards, three years in a row by the composite, the two four seven composite, we were one two and one in the past three years. So I'll take that. That's just fine with me. Yeah, um, either one. Yeah. So anyway, it's just you know, I I want to get you know. Looking at the, the class top to bottom, I know that I've got an idea of what we, we did. And I feel like we we filled legitimately every need. The only position that we did not recruit, you know, multiple players that, uh, you know, that in, in my opinion in the past few recruiting classes or in, you know, historically at UGA we've recruited a lot at was linebacker. We only got one one inside linebacker and maybe one or one guy, maybe two that could play outside linebacker, but really just one outside, one inside linebacker. And aside from that, I mean, filled every position of need. Kirby wants to do, you know, he's going to get the trenches and that's going to be his priority. Uh, but, you know, just kind of looking at the broad spectrum of the class and what you know about it, you know, what, you know, what's a, who's the guy that you're really excited about? Who do you think is going to be a contributor um, and give me a give me a dark horse. How about that? Well, and but kind of on that last point, Kirby actually in the press conference after 
the the day of signing day, he actually mentions he mentioned linebacker. He mentioned that that was the position that we didn't get a lot of guys at this year, but that we're still very we're obviously incredibly deep at that position, and so yes. that's obviously what he's going at. We got guys. Well, that, the fact that that Tyndall and Quay both stay right is big. So we're so we're very deep in that position. So no point in going after those guys yet. But uh, he he knew it. He knew what he was doing. Uh, but for me, my the guy that uh, is has just has stuck out to me, and obviously we have a we have a plethora of five stars. But man, Darnell Washington, watching that boy play, just I gets knew me. you were gonna pick him. <laughs> did you know, <laughs> did you know that? Because yeah. I I just I have been watching his highlights, and because yeah. that's the thing we have missed. I have I have wanted a tight end for so freaking long. And nobody has measured up, and, and that's the area we we've we have sucked over the middle this uh, the past couple of years, and just we've we've lost that area of our game. And I mean, he's just a guy. He is a man amongst boys, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to um, I'm excited to watch him. I'm just saying, just go run out there and just stick your go run and just stick your hands up in the air. It's like, it's he's like back, five inches taller like, than everybody like, he plays against. He's obviously more athletic, but I'm just imagining like Leonard Pope style back in the yeah. day. Pope is just uh-huh. so much taller than everybody else. He just he'd put his hands like right in front of his face, and those little corners would try to jump up and and, and contest Man. it. I I didn't even think about that comparison. How tall was Leonard Pope? Was he like six? Nine. I don't know. Like he, I just remember. He may have just been like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up as we're sitting here. Yeah, I just remember. Uh, I just remember like dog walks when I was younger and just seeing him and just not really understanding how that could be a human being. And he was, he was six eight, so uh, uh, an, an inch taller than Darnell. So that that's that's what my mind keeps going to. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him, man. Uh, I think he's, I think he's gonna do well and. Let's see. You're talking about uh, maybe some. Um, I'm trying like to think. Who, who else are you excited about? Who who might be uh, a dark horse? I guess as I'm trying to say. the the guy the um, the the running back we got late. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly know how to say his name. Is it De, is it Dejan? Dejan Dejan. Why don't you just call him Edwards? <laughs> yeah, Mr. Edwards. So, a guy from down down in my neck of the woods, uh, yes, uh, Colquitt County boy. Um, so, I, looking at him, I guess I didn't really know about him. Uh, I mean, he's I'm saying looking at uh, two four seven right now. He was in the uh, in his position. He he was twenty first at running back. But I, I, I'm excited about him, man. I mean, it's always been. And I will say this: in the classes where we get two big running backs, it's always the second guy that tends to be the one that uh, that, that that shines. He he may shine a little more than uh, you know, like uh, like a little bit lower ranked, like mm-hmm. in in the Keith the Keith and Todd situation. I think Keith was higher. Keith right? was high. Keith was the yeah. Keith was the bigger recruit coming in. Chubb Chubb and Sony Sony Chubb was the flashy Sony. one. And so yeah. um, I'm 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 thinking uh, Mr. Edwards is gonna, is uh, I, I'm excited to see him play. The guy uh, just hearing him talk and uh, uh, or seeing what he's what he's done. I'm, I'm excited about him, but um, it should be should be fun. Who who, who but who, who do you have? Oh man, go go Packers with the Edwards. <laughs> um, I uh, 
Well, first off, let me just comment. I, I, I'm excited about Dejun. Dejun? Dejun? Something like that. Um, I'm excited about him because I, one, I think he is a, a solid back. He's a little bit slower on his 40 time. I think they timed it at like 8.47 or something like that. 4.6, 4.7. Uh, a little bit slow. I mean, I mean, you know, if the guy's a bruiser, which I like watch him, he's he's got really good hands out of the backfield. He's got really good... Uh, you know, vision. So I think obviously, if if Kirby went down there, because he went and visited him, uh, basically the le- the week leading up to National Signing Day, and if he went down there, and I mean, this guy, there's no telling how many conversations they had, and basically, Kirby, who has now said that, okay, you know, kind of indirectly was commenting on Zach Evans' situation, but basically was saying. We're looking for high character guys. We don't want guys that are going to be in any trouble. We don't want guys that are going to be, you know, going to be kicked off the team after, you know, before even the year ends, kind of thing. And a guy that's going to be—he's also obviously looking for production at the next level. And so, if he's confident in Edwards, then I am too. So I'm excited about him, and I want that South Georgia pipeline from Colquitt County because, uh, you know, the more that we can connect down there, the better. Um, the guy I'm most excited about from Florida, his name is Jalen Carter. That boy, he's not like he's uh, very highly ranked on 247. He's like a solid top 100 guy on Rivals. Man, I watched like some of his film. I watched a little bit of his camps. That boy's going to kill someone. Literally kill someone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited about him. He's uh, I I think he might be my number one like contributor in this class. Number two contributor, I think Keely Ringo is going to play early. That boy, that boy can play star. He can play inside cornerback. He can play he can play safety if he wants to. He's six three one ninety five. I mean he's he is a big enough guy to where and he's fast. They played he played at running back a little bit at his Arizona high school. I mean. And he's also recruiting a fella out of the same high school uh, to potentially come here next year. So those are those are three guys that I'm I'm excited about. I think that uh, you know we could see old Lad McConkey make some waves <laughs> at some point, uh, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think Keeley and, and Jalen Carter are going to be the uh, two guys that uh, you know are big contributors. And obviously excited about Edwards. I'd say a legit dark horse contributor um i was gonna say potentially arian smith because he's extremely fast he's a wide receiver from florida uh you know could be a guy who just kind of basically runs go routes down the sideline kind of thing uh but yeah he's 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 kind of small, but he is a very quick individual. So I'm going to say Arian is my, my dark horse for the class. Well, and no, I, I agree with all that. Uh, Keeley, he's he's one of those guys that can be a be a game. I mean, be a game changer from day one. Like a guy that we're going to be needing against uh, against Alabama when we get out, get over Tuscaloosa. I mean, something something along those lines. But um, a, a trend that I mean. That you can go down, and we've kind of we, we might have mentioned this uh, a, a little earlier, but we were uh, Kirby went coast to coast in this class, 
I mean, yeah, this no this class is all over the place. So you just look you look at our you look at our list. I'm going to go down and read just the cities. Uh, so we've got, or I'll, I'll read the states. So we got California, Texas, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, uh, Nevada, D.C., Georgia, Florida, Florida, Louisiana, California, Texas, Georgia, 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 Louisiana, New Jersey, Georgia, Georgia, Texas. I mean. That's, I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, I, I think, I think that, I think we did that for a lot of reasons. I, I think we've been Georgia heavy, and so we kind of, part of that is going out and just getting some. We, you're gonna, we're gonna go out and get the best guys, but I, I think it's good to also assert your dominance, uh, and, and mm-hmm. be present in other parts of the country, uh, because like you talked about, Keeley already talking to guys from his high school. Some of those right. top those top players. I mean, Kirby Kirby gets it. I mean, Kirby he 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 gets that aspect of you. You've got to be there. If you're not there, you're. I mean, obviously we still have uh, one of the top states in terms of talent. Georgia will always be that way uh, for the foreseeable future. But you, you've still got to be when these when these kind of talents pop up all across the country. You you got to be there to. To, to take them and uh and so that's just that's a trend that we've we've seen all year and and i'm excited uh i'm, I'm excited about this group of guys this this seems like a fun group i'm pretty uh i'm pretty i'm pretty pumped about them i think there's a lot of leaders in this group i mean you look at the caliber of men uh, across the board kendall milton is a guy who you can tell he's he's an early enrollee uh i think there's what eight so maybe seven or eight guys that are early enrollees. Uh, Kendall Milton, uh, Keely Ringo, both very mature leaders on this team, or will be. Uh, Jalen as well. I know those are three guys that we've already kind of talked about, but the I man, Mikael Sherman, these are all guys that you can see them coming in, making a difference on the field and off the field as well. Uh, so the more talent that we bring in, I mean, just it's science, you know? The, the the better our chances of winning a national championship, right? <laughs> so uh, we need we need talent and coaching. A plus B equals C, right? Something like that. Um, I'm excited. I agree. It's it's crazy the geographical disparity in this class because we have gone away from this focus on Georgia. The 2017 class, I think. Was maybe maybe 2016? I think it was 2017. Though it was the last class at Georgia that we've had the majority of the recruits were from the state of Georgia. Um, I think last year we had maybe 10 or so, 10 or 11, uh, and then this year we have I think it just counted I think seven, maybe six or seven. So, you know, we're getting to the point where. I used to be upset about that. I used to think we we don't need to be recruiting too much out, outside of the state of Georgia, and that was a very dumb thing to think. You know, we we need to recruit everywhere. You know, the best players. I mean, Alabama has been doing it for years, and potentially because Kirby said, "Hey, let's do this." <laughs> but I will say, you know, we've seen Alabama have great success recruiting from coast to coast. Now we are starting – I mean, we have never recruited on the West Coast like this. Yeah, like you just said, California, Nevada, Arizona. And we almost got the Noah Sewell, Sewell, whatever his name was, from Utah. 
I mean, we've got guys that are coming and want to be dogs that may have not grown up watching Georgia football at all, you know. And and then you got, I, I think one of the more surprising things that we're starting to see trending with the University of Georgia uh, football recruiting is we're recruiting the state of Louisiana really well. Yeah, we're pulling guys. Cedric Van Pran is like literally in LSU's backyard, southeast Louisiana, and he's gonna be a dog. That doesn't. I mean, that blows my mind. And then that Darren Branch guy. He committed to us on signing day. I think he flipped from Ole Miss. It wasn't from Louisiana uh, or LSU, but still. I mean, and then we had uh, the other guy who actually flipped from Louisiana State. Uh, that was uh, the uh, wide receiver, Jermaine Burton. So, I mean, does I mean that kind of blows my mind. I mean, we're we're we have. I think we had one or two recruits from the state of Louisiana in the past, like. 15 years or something like that and now we are recruiting what six five or six over the past two years so uh i like to see that we are recruiting another hotbed in the southeast other than florida i mean florida uh georgia louisiana those are the top three you know d1 producing states in the in in the southeastern uh region so i like to see it yeah uh kirby kirby done good uh, per usual, and you can't. We recruit good. Yeah, we recruit good, <laughs> and you you can knock that man for. Uh, there's some things you can knock him for. Recruiting ain't one of them. He's nope. the uh, he's the wizard. Uh, but but yeah, man, I, I, I'm excited the way it's shaping out. And to me, this and we were talking about it a little bit before we got going. Just just an exciting year. The the way we're starting to shape out, and uh, I'm. This class is it's exciting to me uh, to to see how they're how, what direction we're headed and just the depth that we keep building. Uh, it's it's exciting, man. And uh, looking, is there anything else you wanted to mention about these guys? Uh, I think we've kind of they're well. I just want to say they're one all, thing. They're about, all real good. Yeah, yeah. The offensive side of the ball is going to obviously be that was our uh, lowest retention. Um, you know, between the offense and the defense, uh, Kirby filled that need. We got six offensive linemen in this class. Two of them five-star players. Two two of them five-star offensive tackles. Uh, at that, uh, we obviously brought in Newman, uh, but we also recruited Beck. Then we got two hot, like top-tier running backs. One of them being a five-star player who is, I think, gonna be play next year. And then we had six targets, including Darnell, uh, as a tight end. We had five other receivers coming in this year. So basically Kirby said, okay, we've got 90%, maybe 80% of our production coming back on defense. Let's focus on the offensive side of the ball. It's as simple as that. And we brought in some of the best players across the country and filled those needs. I'm excited to see we're going to be a young team again. Uh, but, you know, this recruiting thing, you know, there's no exact science to it, but Kirby Smart is pretty damn good at it, and uh, I'm glad he is. And so is our staff. I mean, give our staff a lot of credit. You know, Lanning, uh, McGee, all those guys, Matt Luke coming in and ta- and keeping all of our best uh, line- linemen committed. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, so I'm excited about all of that, and I'm excited about our staff moving forward. Um, but that's oh also Will Muschamp's son committed to us. 
I'm still I'm still not convinced he's not a he's not a spy, but uh, we'll 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 see when he we'll see when that comes about. But uh, but suck it suck it will. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So talking about I guess you can consider him. We we did recruit him technically. Uh, talking about uh, oh, we're going to be looking different next year. Uh, we had mentioned it last time we, we talked, which has been a few weeks, but uh, we've got a new offensive coordinator. Uh, Todd Monken uh, hired him from the Cleveland Browns as their offensive coordinator. At the time, uh, the news had just started swirling, and you, like uh, both, both of us, were probably thinking, what what the hell are we doing? <laughs> Who is this guy? And uh, But Todd Monken is now uh, – it, it was kind of weird there at the beginning. We didn't really know what the deal was going to be with him and Coley, but uh, Coley took on off and headed to A&M. And, uh, and so Monken is now the guy uh, who's going to be our offensive coordinator and is going to be calling the plays. Uh, people will look and say, well – I don't know why I would hire the guy from the Cleveland Browns because their offense looked like garbage. Well, <laughs> they they also – he was not the guy calling the plays, and um, they were just kind of a dumpster fire in general. Uh, so I don't think you can really pin this all on him, uh, or at least I'm that's what I'm telling myself because I need – I want to have some <laughs> some good feelings about this offense yeah, going into it. Absolutely. But uh, the more I continue to read about this guy, the more excited I get. Uh, just as a change of pace, I, I think I, I think it would have been very easy for Kirby to just say we were wiped out on the offensive side of the ball and we just had a weak year. We just we didn't have any of our talent coming back, and uh, it's just would have been very easy for him to keep Coley around and just say this is uh, we're going to give it another shot next year. But I, I think. Kirby is probably realizing that next year is really lining up for us. This is our opportunity. Uh, we really have to make a statement, and we had one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, if we could have scored – I mean, I'm just trying to – if our offensive numbers could have been any better, I mean, we <laughs> – just at all, we, we have a – if we could have just been average on offense – uh, for the most part, we could have we we could have been playing in the playoffs uh, without a doubt, and uh, and had a shot at it. But I, I, but the more I'm reading about this guy, the more excited I am about him and kind of where he came from uh, and what his kind of his story is. I, I don't know how you feel about the guy, Chi. I, I'm excited about him. I <clears throat> kind of told you about it before we got started, but I, I don't know a whole lot about him. I was just looking at his Wikipedia page. He's kind of been all over the place, man. He's you know was a GA at Notre Dame and Grand Valley State, and worked in the Southeast a pretty good bit. Um, and then he kind of made a couple of different jumps for the NFL. Um, I'm excited about anybody that's going to be going to bring any kind of like dynamic to our offense. You know, anybody that's going to be, if we're going to have a Jamie Newman, who I think is going to be an accurate quarterback, he's also got a powerful arm, uh, and he's also got the running ability. If we're going to have a guy like that, I want to have a guy who's going to utilize him, and that's bottom line. 
Uh, so if he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to make the right play call in the right time and in the right place and 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 capitalize on on a guy like Jamie Newman and a, and a back, you know we got running backs for days we got we're going to have receivers we're going to have somebody to throw it to hell we're about to have a six seven two hundred fifty pound tight end I'm excited about all of that stuff so like if he can figure out how to make this thing work our defense is going to be stupid good so I'm excited about him I think that. It's going to be improvement. I just looked at the stats. We averaged, I think, 30, a little over 30 points a game last year. Uh, by comparison's sake, that's still a lot better than 2015 and 2016, which is not saying much. Uh, but it's still still not to the standard that we needed to be. You know, we need to at least have, I mean, especially when we play our cupcakes, you know, you you, you want to not count those in the, in the average or whatever, but you still want it to be at least 35 points a game, you know, 35 to, you know, upper 30s. So our defense next year, you know, I think they're going to do what they did last year. I think they're going to basically hold most teams to 20 or less points. And uh, if they can do that and we can produce on our side, we got the boys, we got the, we got the stallions, we got the horses, uh, let's just see if we can uh, finish the drill and uh, win the race. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited about him. That's that's pretty much all I know about him. I know he came from Cleveland and he didn't call plays, and that's uh, that's about it. Well, he and the thing too, and I was mentioning this to you. The immediate comparison was to Brian Schottenheimer, and yeah. that gives all of us <laughs> so bad. That gives all of us just an incredible amount of PTSD, and uh, I. I started getting kind of cold and clammy uh, whenever <laughs> I, I thought about his name. Uh, just just a terrible year. Just awful. And uh, he he's not that guy. Schottenheimer was not a college guy. And the more no. you, you read into Monken, he he was a college guy that went to the NFL and, and, and was able to excel there uh, in, in some in certain situations and uh, but but the the more you read about him, the more he, he has a college feel to him and, and really caters well to the, his players play for him uh, in the places he's been. And uh, these are, I'm like to say, looking at places that are kind of unbiased to it. And a lot of people that talk to him talk very highly of him. So I, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be – I think the stuff is timing up well. Uh, I think the, the thing that concerns me most is we have Alabama so early and just not yeah. giving him a lot of time to call the place before we have to we have such a big game um so that's that that gives me that gives me qualms and and hesitation but uh alabama is going to be having a they're going to be in a similar situation uh restocking in a lot of key positions so uh we have plenty of time to talk about that but uh, i think i think our quarterback is going to be better oh yeah i really do absolutely i mean mean, they're going to have either what's his face matt matt jump what was his name Smack Jones, quarterback. Right? Yeah, I think, yeah, something like yeah, that. Sure <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I was just making sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, also in addition to the Todd Monk and hire, um, we saw uh, Coley left for Texas A&M, um, and M, which is another thing that we have not covered yet. But he's going to be, he's going to go to Texas A and M and be the tight ends coach, which is funny because. He was being recruited last year to be the offensive coordinator, I think. I may be wrong, but he was trying to be pulled over there by Jimbo. Uh, 
who knows how long Jimbo is going to be there. Every year, this is just a knock on Texas A&M because, uh, in honor of our boy Sanye, uh, every year everybody says, "Oh, watch out for Texas A&M. They're going to be the team. They're going to be. They're going to win the West." And it's like, nah. Like it doesn't take but three or four games. And you're like, nope. They don't have it. So. I know they recruited pretty well this year, but they recruited pretty well the past like you know four or five years. So I'm not concerned about Texas A&M. Um, but yeah, uh, also Todd Monken's salary—he's getting paid over a million a year, uh, 1.1 million. So good for him. I think that's an appropriate salary, and uh, we're gonna see if he's gonna produce. And uh, I'm sure there will be plenty of the dog faithful that complain about him because that's what we do to all offensive coordinators. Um, on top of that, Chance, uh, just real quick, I know we're kind of running a little bit longer than we anticipated. Um, we've got the combine coming up in a couple weekends, uh, and it's we got some dogs that got invited. We had 10 of them, which was tied for second with Alabama in the SEC. As you can imagine, LSU had, uh, I think they had 16. They had the most uh, in the SEC. They were invited, but just a quick list. Uh, Rodrigo, Cager, Fromm, Harrion, Kinley, uh, J.R. Reed, uh, Swift, Andrew Thomas, Isaiah Wilson, and Werner um, are all going to be there. Uh, noticeable, noticeable absences. There was really only two that I thought may get invited on top of that, and that would be Tyler Clark, who I really feel like should be there. He's, he's probably one I'm more upset about. And then Tay Crowder. Who is you know just not a high profile guy, so unfortunately for him, he's he's going to be left out. But I'm I have pretty pretty good confidence that he's going to be uh, at least on a practice squad somewhere or be undrafted free agent. So we'll see how it goes. What are your thoughts on that on that list? Yeah, I, I guess the the Clark news kind of threw me off. I, I I guess I didn't really think about him not being at the at the combine. So that was a that that was an interesting. Uh, it kind of just really threw me off. I wasn't. I was pretty much expecting him to be there, but I mean, this besides that, the the list looks pretty. I mean, makes makes sense to me. So uh, I, I think these guys will will excel, and I want them. I want them to want these guys to all get uh get drafted. And, and uh, I think a guy like Cager, who may not have may not have had as much opportunity uh, coming out of college if he didn't transfer uh i think he he kind of got through the way he played this year probably got him a good good paycheck uh oh, yeah. from from this year and we'll get a get a great great draft spot but i i really think a lot of these guys can do well uh charlie warner i'd love to see him do well i don't know how well he'll do uh but honestly everybody else to me i, I feel pretty confident about him Eyes, I'm I'm sitting here counting, and I see at least eight guys. Eh, I was gonna say eight, including Rodrigo. I see at least seven guys, not including Rodrigo, who could certainly be drafted. Uh, that I feel very confident are going to be drafted. Um, and I was gonna ask you. I mean, I'm I think top to bottom, this might be one of our best recruiting or excuse me, uh, draftee classes in a while. Uh, I was going to ask you, looking at that list, who do you think is going to run the fastest forty? Ooh, ooh. Uh, There's really only like four to consider. <laughs> right. Well, right. 
Um, I probably, I probably say Swift. Yeah, I think so too. And do you think he runs below a four five, which neither Sony nor Chubb did? Um, mm. you know what? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say he does. I, I really, I think he runs like maybe a high four four or something. I, I, um, I was thinking like I, I'm thinking more of a four five five. That's kind of what I'm. I feel like he's gonna oof. be around. I think that's what Sony ran actually, which was surprising to me. Um, no, I'm I'm excited about everybody here. I agree. I think Swift is probably gonna be the fastest. Uh, Harian might give him a run for his money. Uh, but we'll see how all that goes. I mean, everybody last year, I think everybody knew that Miko was going to be the yeah. <laughs> the fastest forty times. He still is, and he and then he winds up being one of the fastest players in the NFL. So uh, it all makes sense. Um, yeah, we're excited. We're going to probably after the draft, or excuse me, after the combine, we might have another episode to kind of wrap the whole thing up and talk about it, just like we did last year when we had comments about Holyfield running like a what? What did he run like a four eight or something four four seven five? You know, God bless the guy, but that was slow. <laughs> it was slow. We watched it in slow motion. Yeah. Right. But anyway, I, uh, I'm i excited about all these guys, and I think there's, like I said, I think there's a chance that we have seven or eight guys to get drafted, and, uh, you know, that that will be really good considering, what was it, uh, I think the 2017 draft we had I just Isaiah McKenzie, <laughs> and that was it. Uh, so we're – we're come, we've come a long way, fellas. We've come a long way. Times have changed. Um, they are changing. Um, Chance, is there anything you have to add to that or any other comments on anything with the dogs? <laughs> I would say go basketball, but screw that. So, yeah, anyway. That suck. So, yeah, I'm... Maybe the baseball team will be really good. I I, I think they're like uh, I think they're pretty highly ranked to start the season. Maybe like five or six. Uh, so I, I I come on up. We'll go on over to Foley Field and we'll have a good old time. You know, watch them some baseball for a game. And and uh, other than that, I might just go to one game a year. But uh, you know, it's just the it's the off season. I don't really know what to do. Yes, yeah, so we're still fresh now. Now we've got the XFL. It's like a, it's like a, like a bad trip. <laughs> it's like, well, did you see my comments yesterday about how I feel like the XFL league is like the same league that was in any any given Sunday? Yes, <laughs> was, I, I meant to comment on that. That's incredibly accurate. I, I, it just feels exactly like that. It's just like these are just like fake NFL teams. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, they're they're they'll be they'll be fine. They'll it'll be fine. It'll be kind of one of those things you can yeah. just kind of cut on. And to me, it's kind of like those weird. Uh, when I was watching it, it felt like those weird uh, Thursday night football games or something like that on TV, like the college games. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what it felt like to me, but. At, at the very least, it's better than what was it that that AF, AFL? That, yeah, was that what it was called? I think so. Maybe I don't know. The American Alliance of Football, uh, AAL, AAL or something, something, something like that. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely still already like still like better than that right off the gate. Well, so. that that wasn't hard. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, anyway, we'll uh, 
we'll keep everybody updated. Like I said, we'll probably have one or uh, probably two more episodes in the off season, maybe one more over the summer. So uh, two or three more to to come by, and then uh, before you know it, it'll be uh, be the season again, and we'll be back to it. But 